Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick and handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. We had a football game last night, Andy, but I don't know about you. It was kind of lame. It was, especially when the last three drives didn't end up in touchdowns, and two of them were inside the 10, first and goal. Really thought, I, and I still believe, like, it, you can have it, it can be the right side and not win. The second half over was a good call. Despite Lost by half slow, a point, I think. Yeah, despite the slow start, we should have had a, a few more points, and honestly, that the late field goal would have done it, although the late field goal was probably the wrong choice. I would have gone for that in fourth down. It was raining, too. Like, that was rough. And Patrick brings up lame game with the exception of Bill or Steve Belichick. Yeah, that was weird. That guy was counting his teeth high on Coke, like you're doing the thing with the tongue where you're trying to feel your lips and your faces. I've heard from people who've tried it. I've heard. I've heard. But uh, yeah, it was uh, the game ended up being a fun ending. It was close at the end. I guess that's all you can ask for. And a silly narrative based on a. Honestly, a couple teams, a non-conference game between two teams that this is not going to play into probably any tiebreakers. The Patriots are still trying to figure out what they are. The you know the the Bucks have much much more important games. It really wasn't an important game outside of you know just being a, a winner, a loss for somebody. But they did really really push the narrative on us, and we had fun. The books won um, from Friday when I spoke to my guy Motoy. The two things he left us with was, I'm going to need Cincinnati on Saturday, and we're going to need the Patriots on Sunday. And both of them Thursday. did cover. No, Cincinnati. Oh, sorry, Cincinnati Bearcats. University. Excuse me. Excuse me. The Bearcats, he said, yeah, the, the Notre Dame uh, outright money was pretty heavy, lopsided. And obviously, the Buccaneers minus six, minus seven stuff was lopsided for the good folks at WinBet. So they, they were able to get those two games home, and the rest was probably a pretty decent wash. Otherwise, Big week for survivor pools. The city of New York, Andy, killing all of our teasers. I don't know about you. I don't think I had any that survived the Jets and the Giants winning because I think I had Saints or Titans and just about everything. Um, I was Saints. almost most of the survivor pool entries I saw, depending on what your rules are. It looks like it was a lot of Bills, a lot of Bengals, but number three and number four with the Titans and the Saints. So a pretty big weekend from that perspective. I'm sure Mr. Motoy didn't mind that at all either. Yeah, no, and then the, yeah, exactly, the Survivor League stuff, the teaser stuff, all the teasers. The week, I, I mentioned this too, it's like, oh, I'm going to be so excited to do teasers because they did good last week. And then you get to this week and a couple of basic strategy, a home team, basic strategy, Wong teaser at home, could not get there in the Saints. I still I still think that was an okay bet. Even though the, I don't hate the people that took Giants plus seven and a half, not a bad bet, but Honestly, it was a 10-point lead late, and they just they did kind of bottle that one. Sucks for me. But we, you know, we move on. We're on to we're on to we're not on to Cincinnati. We have it uh, wasn't I don't think the end of that Giants Saints game was too surprising. I mean, we knew the Giants had a good defense. That's kind of what we saw. The Saints again maybe played a little bit over their head week one. Maybe we gotta remember that it's Jameis Winston. And yeah. uh working <laughs> with that. Yeah, they were up twenty-one to ten late. It sucked. Sucked for the teasers. But it was surprising the Giants score that many points late. That was probably the most shocking part. Yeah, didn't, who knew they could score 10 points in a quarter? With the with the coaching and the especially the offensive coordinator coaching, rough, rough, rough. Um, Urban Meyer had a weekend. Uh, coach, the uh, coach, first coach fired market. I was a little worried because I was not high on the Bears. 
but Nagy bought himself some time. And also the, the Bears just don't fire people mid-season. So not super worried about him going anywhere, especially if he's going to let Laser call the plays. And tonight we got a game. We got a good one. This is something Drew and I bet this week. We we're uh, aligned on this one. We were aligned on the Browns as well, and that one went. I mean, it got there. That game was a little sweatier than things needed to be. But tonight, the Raiders head to their home away from home in L.A., a place they used to call home for a while, and play at the uh, beautiful SoFi Stadium. Chargers are three and a half, three, three and a half. You're gonna you're gonna pay a little bit of extra to get the three and a half on the Raiders right now. Total fifty one. Like I said, I am on the Raiders here. I have zero home field advantage built in. There's a slight chance it may be even a little advantage for the Raiders, which is messed up to say. And yes, Patrick, other Patrick, Mr. McCann in the chat says, no Manning cast is a bummer. That is a bummer. I've been enjoying that. I know I'm back to, I'm back to mute, back to mute on the, uh, on the broadcast and just watching it and doing some second screen shit on my phone. That's what I did last night. It was uh, Kid A's birthday yesterday, so I was listening to Radiohead while I was watching that lame football game. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it was uh, the rain. Kind of. I wonder. I wonder what kind of game we would have had if we didn't have the rain. Steve Steve Levy Hive stand up. I don't like Steve <laughs> Levy. I don't. I don't know. Thanks, Dan was, Dan was being sarcastic about liking Steve Levy. Yeah, I don't love the announcing crew. I'll watch this one on mute. But I definitely will be watching. We'll be definitely doing a halftime show. And right off the bat, I'll be looking for a first touchdown score. It's been a couple games. I forgot to place one last night. And then okay. I went back through the I went back through the picks chat and I'm like, God, if somebody I would have tailed picked uh, Henry, I'm gonna be mad because I would have played it. Nobody had Henry hardly. So I felt a little better. It's like I saved some money and I'm gonna use that money tonight and you are yeah back to back to your old reliables some tight ends and quarterbacks but mike williams i want to hear your thoughts on that yeah so i've got a couple receivers in here you know mike williams um mike williams specifically was someone that i looked at he's getting the exact same target share as keenan allen inside the 10 yard line inside the 20 yard line he's picked up more touchdowns already this year defenses obviously are more focused on keenan allen versus mike williams and again when you get down to the field what i see basically is the same player one that's actually had a little more opportunity and keenan allen's around eight to one mike williams is, i was able to get a nine and a half to one or so those numbers just look out of whack to me i, I see some nice value here in williams again who's been a huge red zone target for the chargers this year and speaking of huge red zone targets and, and search around for this one darren waller is as low as eight some places but there's a couple spots with 10 a couple spots with uh plus 950 if you can and, and pretty solid difference between those two numbers like uh, darren waller one of the best red zone threats in the entire league let alone on his own actual team he soaks up a lot of attention down there even though defenses kind of seem to know what's going on so at, at 10 to 1 he's the kind of guy at you know a double digits to one i'm always going to be playing every each and every single week i don't know why he doesn't get the respect of some of these receivers or even running backs he, he should be six to seven to one hunter renfro a receiver for the raiders again this one was another one that was interesting to me as i started to look through he is second on the raiders in terms of red zone target share and things like that season to date um and actually not too far from waller basically once they get down there it seems like Carr really looks for waller really looks for renfro um the other guys generally don't see the ball as much down there again it's only a few weeks but 
you know, based on expectations, it's kind of lining up again with what we've seen so far. And as Andy pointed out, my favorite, we got quarterbacks here. Herbert, again, search around. This one is a widespread as well. This one's as low as 15. I think I even saw 14 to 1 some spots, but 20 to 1 or better. You can find a 25 if you hunt around. Um, I think that was like an MGM or something like that. But poke around, you can find that. And then Derek Carr at 40 to 1. Again, Herbert not hasn't really run the ball that much this year. I will be honest, this one was close to to getting cut, um, but I found a 25 and a 20, so I figured I'd go with it. Um, if it really was just 14, 15, don't play that. But Herbert hasn't run a ton this year, so I was a little hesitant here, but this is a really nice number. And again, looking at the game script here on the way the Raiders have played defense this year, I, I think that they have been susceptible to some quarterback stuff, and I'm happy to take a swing on Herbert 25 to 1. And Carr, they continue to hang 30, 40 to 1 or higher. We're going to play this every week, Andy. Yeah, you got to put a little bit on the quarterbacks. And not everybody is Sam Darnold, but there are still, I mean, you still have like sneaks. You still have like broken plays down near the goal line where it is so hard to get a pass in. Um, uh, speaking of people who got lied to this week, you said, uh, you said there's no tennis. You, you came out yesterday like, hey guys, I don't think there's tennis. And then you found qualifying because <laughs> it is, it is Indian Wells is usually in what? April? Yeah, it's it's right after Miami. Usually they do the the golden sunshine double. The two sunshine double, yes. Yeah, the two big Masters one thousand tournaments that are not Cincinnati that we have in America. Um, The great sunshine double in the yeah springish with the the schedule realignment in tennis. They're having it. I'm I'm glad they're having it after all. I don't know what kind of. That's nice. California's been tough to do anything. It is Andrew Wiggins learned out. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's the thing. The The rules are strict out there, but Indian Wells will start later this week, and we have qualifying. Um, I'm guessing you just took some big favorites. That's, kind that's of generally kind of what I do. You know me. I like big numbers. But, yeah, I did lie to you guys, you and Dan. I was may or may not have had a few drinks at that point, but I was poking around going, there's no first-round tennis tomorrow. Holy crap, what are we going to talk about? But I forgot about qualifying. Glorious, glorious qualifying. Usually we don't get to bet on this, folks, because it's happening on Saturday and Sunday um, while we're away. But we do have some tennis. The women's qualifying starts today. Men's qualifying starts tomorrow. Um, and again, just you know, as Andy said, focusing on um, some bigger underdogs here. Qualifying is a little different um, than kind of what we talked about last week. You know, we don't have the nice. Uh, look ahead spots that we had last week, but we're going back to bat here. We'll start with um, Luciana Stefani. This is someone we backed. Um, she actually got home for us once as a big underdog already. She will be playing um, this afternoon around 315. She's got Beatriz Haddad Maya. Uh, Maya, a player who very solid on the tour, kind of an older player, sort of working her way out. She's coming back from some injuries, played some nice tennis this year. But as I start to look through these numbers, Stefani's has had a much better record, although in less matches, um, Haddad Mai's played quite a bit on the surface already this year. I see better numbers for Stefani against a fairly similar um, player competition level. I mean, Haddad Mai, again, has won a lot more matches. I think her record is something that's like 30-something and like 13, whereas Stefani's looking at like an 8-4. to four. That might kind of confuse you a bit. But as you dig down a little bit in that volume, there's not too much that impresses me here. I have this much closer than the line. I would have Stefani probably in the plus 180, plus 190 range. Um, so 258 looks really nice to me here. Um, Next up, uh, Reese Brantmeyer is someone that has been kind of interesting, a younger player that popped up a little bit. She's got Katie Balter this afternoon. Again, 2 o'clock Eastern, it looks like. Plus 255. Balter, I think, is getting a lot of credit for 
honestly being a good-looking tennis player. People really like Katie Balter. She's one of the prettiest women on tour. But you look at her results, they've been mediocre at best, especially on hard courts where we are. She had a nice little run on grassies, which she kind of does every year, being from um, England and London. I think is where she's from, uh, London. But I know she's from the United Kingdom and England. You know, she has an advantage there. But, again, as, as I look at this, Brent Myers from playing some nice tennis, again, a much smaller sample size for her, which happens sometimes when you're back at some of these younger players. But happy to back kind of the hot hand here. You know, I have her closer to, like, plus 250. So anything plus 300 or better, even plus 290 looks good. And then someone that I'm going to be honest, Andy, I- I'm not really sure who this person is. I've never bet on UA Yuan before, but she's playing Christina Kokova, who is not very good, who hasn't been very good all year. Uh, Yuan has been playing a little bit of tennis. Again, nothing too spectacular, but has been beating women, putting up some nice numbers in, against the lower competition she's faced. It is really tough in tennis to look at someone who's been playing higher level competition, look at someone who's been playing lower level competition and have some real certainty around here. But I would have this closer to three to one. Um, you know, I think anything plus 350 or better, I'm pretty sure there's still some four to ones floating around there. So three big underdogs for us here. Try to take advantage again. It, kind of the theme of, of this, it looks like, again, the market's really relying on some, you know, veterans who've played a little bit more tennis, which, you know, in a big tournament like this kind of makes sense. But I think the numbers are just a bit out of whack and they're not giving enough credit for some young women who have been playing some nice tennis this year and have a chance to take advantage at the end of the season. Yeah, and as somebody who just went and bet these while you were you were talking and from the chat, too, I thought that somebody was making a joke. I think it's Stefanski. It is uh, Stefanini. Stefanini. Yeah, Excuse I me. just, I bet it. And it's, she's, the, the person, Lucrezia Stefanini is playing Beatrice Hadid Maya. So, Stefanini. Hopefully she's taken personally. Panini, I don't think she's watching. You never know. Well, I mean, she's watching hey, for a match. Otherwise, otherwise she, otherwise she would be. Um, we didn't get chaos yesterday in baseball, which kind of sucked. I wanted to see all the like extra game 163. So I wanted the four-way tie a couple days ago, and that was still feasible. None of that happened. Hey, the Giants <clears> won the division. That's all. Giants won the about. division. That, that was nice. Cashing some of those tickets. Obviously, my my uh, Phillies ticket was dead on arrival when they just couldn't get anything done versus Atlanta late in the season. But the Giants made me some money. I have some Brewers um, from early in the season, thanks to Mr. Uh, Adam Burke. So we'll be cheering for them in the NL. And yeah, Dan and I were talking about this. A little odd, and I, I mean it's not odd. They spent a million dollars and they have good pitching. And facing the Dodgers in a in a series where the pitching advantage is just going to be day in and day out is tough. But the Dodgers in a game where they are in a single elimination game right off the bat is is kind of tough sledding. If you wanted, if you wanted to try to find some value instead of betting, you know the whatever you're going to get. Um, not quite two to one on the on the Cardinals to win the game. Maybe find yourself somebody in the NL you like to win it compared to that because with the Dodgers out, the NL is pretty wide open. Obviously, the Giants have had an outlier season. I don't see them just falling off the face of the earth just because we're in the playoffs. But you can get some nice numbers on Giants, Brewers, Braves. Even you know if you do like the Cardinals, maybe you sprinkle a little bit on the Cardinals eleven to one too. I'm not a baseball. You know, obviously, I don't bet a baseball throughout the season. So I am looking for you guys. Obviously, hit us in the chat, hit us in Twitter, hit us wherever in the comment section on this video afterwards. Let us know what you think, because I don't have a I don't have a horse in the race. But yeah, it, it is interesting. 
I was going to say, it's not until Friday, but a good question for Motoy. Are the Dodgers the favorite just because books have enough Dodgers money? They've had enough Dodgers money for months and they don't really want any more. So like, they don't even probably think about this in terms of a realistic price. I mean, if you probably asked a bookmaker what the real price was, the Dodgers would have to be third, fourth, fifth in the lineup, just given where they are. And it's it just reeks of that to me. Yeah, and that's that's probably a good point. Sometimes there's just enough liability where they're like, we're going to put this where people won't want to bet it anymore. It was almost the opposite. I did talk to somebody at Circa about the Giants. I said, you guys got hit on some early Giants numbers for some, you know, some big prices early throughout the season. Like, are you sitting on Giants liabilities? Like, he's like, you put the numbers back up and you list the Dodgers for whatever price you want and people are going to walk to the window and bet the Dodgers, Dodgers to win the division every week for the entire baseball season. So he's like, yeah, it's it, when the Giants, if the Giants win the division, we're going to pay some big tickets out. He's like, but we've just been taking Dodgers money for months, just a little bit here, a little bit there by everybody who's betting the NL West. So he's like, the, the Dodgers money is just going to pay for it. And even early on, there was some, you know, before San Diego decided to completely shat their pants, there was some uh, Padres money as well. I don't know. Yeah, hit, hit me up. Hit me up in the chat. Leave me. Uh, leave me a comment on this on this YouTube video if you have a hot take on an outright for the for the series here, or you know the either division, excuse me, either pennant, or even maybe some series prices as we go. We'll get into those. Yeah, I like the Patricks. They like they like St. Louis there, and I'm, that's a big thing for me. The card. I like a team that's coming into the end of the year hot against a team that everyone really likes and is excited for. That just lines up with all my soft qualitative nonsense yeah I'm, I'm down with that um we'll close her out here with a price picks thing i didn't have an entry together yet i know uh matt who you sometimes have seen on the show Mr. works behind the scenes a lot on some stuff he is going to put together a price picks entry you can find that on the metsport app he'll have an article with his uh, apologies last night the promo last night was if you were a new user, you got 10 bucks for every touchdown pass that Tom Brady threw, which did not amount to many 10 bucks. So that kind of sucked. I don't know. They, they thought it would be a good idea and it would work out. But uh, everybody thought that game was going to be fun. And I agree with what you said at the top of the show. Like, there should have been more points. I don't know what the heck was yeah. going on. Maybe it was the weather and people were kind of ready for that. But it was odd. Like, it's just, also, it's like, did you see what tickets were going for? Like the people oh, that paid an insane amount of money to sit in the rain. Not great, Bob. Um, but yeah, tonight we do have a, this one's, this one should hit. Unless Justin Herbert is gravely injured before he throws a pass, new users can get a free $25 if Justin Herbert throws for at least one yard. That's all he needs to do, one yard. Promo code BetSports NFL if you don't have a prize picks account yet. And on top of that, you will also get a 100% deposit match up to $100. So at the end of the day, you get $125 for free. Um, and like I said, if you don't know what to play, follow Matt on uh, BetSports. He'll put an article out and you can just tail his ass. Pretty easy. Right. It's a pretty easy game, folks. Just player props. You, you pick some player props to go over or under, put them together, win three times your money or more. And with that, Alex... Let's go watch tennis. See you guys.